0: Hello, and welcome to Crimes Under the Name of Christ, where we discuss true crime and simply compare it to how Christians are supposed to act. Because we all know if you mix true crime and Christianity together, you already know it's going to be something terrible, but probably worth something listening and leaning over to. Today, I am joined by only one of my podcast friends today, because both Nadia and Seth cannot make it today, so... Hey, Julia! Hey,
1: what a, what a shame, you know? I really hope yeah, my um... multi-personality disorder makes up for this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we're talking about murdering, you know? Bonding.
0: Murder, bonding, you love it. No How's happened. your day, Julia? Uh,
1: it's good, you know, I've been chilling, waiting for Christmas. It's it's not coming. violence uh, are around the corner. You don't need to remind me, you know, like, I know. but,
0: like, it's hard to not, like, ignore it.
1: You've been reminding me for, like, the past two months. No, I haven't! What? (laughs) I only mentioned
0: it, like, twice. And I stopped talking about it.
1: I do not believe that. Anyways. What? Let's talk about murder.
0: Okay. Let's not talk about, um... Finals and how how was you? How we all crave sleep. Just do. Let's just talk about <laughs> murder.
1: Murder, right? Right. So, <sighs> what's the case, Chief?
0: Today's episode is going to be revolved around this Russian serial killer, Alexander pistushkin I think I pronounced that correctly. I don't know. It's Russian. I can't correct
1: you. Neither of us are Russian. <laughs> I don't know Russian. <laughs> we're, we're gonna assume it's correct, and if it's wrong, then we deeply apologize. We if are you are speaking.
0: if you are Russian and you listen to this and think I am wrong, yes, I am very wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, we know. We,
0: I we deeply, deeply to apologize. apologize.
1: It's our best effort. I'm trying, I really am. Yeah. What, what, what is it about him you know like
0: what how serial was he so you know how for our first episode when we talked about Gary Ridgway it was his number of victims was 49 plus
1: people killed. Mm-hmm.
0: and Leonardo Chenchuli only killed 3 all right well we're upping it up to 61 oh, wow. victims
1: 61? You know what? At least it's not 60 plus.
0: Okay, but it could have been like 59 50 plus. plus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least he did something, you know? At
0: least he got a definite amount of people.
1: Okay, but like it's not even an even number. Like you couldn't reach You couldn't make it 32? 62? Yeah, what's was, was the deal, bro? Can you not murder? <laughs> like That's your job. Couldn't make it yeah, yeah. an even number. Dang. Tell me about him.
0: So, unlike Leonardo Ciancioli, where she only killed three people within a year, he actually spent 14, 15 years killing. He started from 1992 to the spring of 2006. That was before he got arrested Uh, in 2006 during the summer, June 15th, and was convicted on October twenty-fourth, two 2007 of 49 murders and 3 attempted murders. Though, he asked the Russian court to add an additional 11 victims to his body count. And it was bringing his claimed death toll to 60 and 3 surviving victims instead.
1: Why would he ask to add more kills to the thing? I don't know. He just
0: wanted to seem cool, I guess.
1: Okay, but then if he added kills, then why couldn't he just put it to 60? Sir, you had to go 61? Come on. Okay. Come on, you yeah. Come on. <laughs> like you could have been... You could have done better. Sorry. Man, man. really got convicted a month before I was born, though. Oh, yeah. Your... <laughs> <laughs> your <tough>. birthday. <laughs> and the same... This is disgusting.
0: Alright. T- talk about him. So, let's talk about his life before he got on his little murderous spree. He didn't live in Utah. He did not <laughs> live in Utah because he was a Russian. Had- he put in as a child. He. Ooh, I swear, almost every serial killer that I have researched have this, like, some sort of, like, traumatic past.
1: It's not the point,
0: right? But (laughs) it's like it's like it's like reading like a character from a book and being like, you always have like that edgy character who has like a really dark past that they prefer not to talk about.
1: Yeah, and you know they discreetly killing people. You know the quiet kid. Yeah. So um, yeah, kind of reminds me of except killers are just a group of quiet kids. think do you think if you put them together like the they compete to be like who's the quietest kid?
0: Who's the quietest but deadliest kid?
1: (laughs) They're all just glaring at each other from like the various corners they
0: get get, like designated corners and they just stare down at each other.
1: (laughs) But like there's not enough corners for all of them, so it's like this really weird like jagged shape.
0: It's like a really messed up star as a (laughs) room. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the star, because that's what they are. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, serial killers. Serial killers. It's kind of different, um, sorry. Yeah, what, what made him special, apart from the... Uh, I had, for like, 49 kills, but let's make it 61, because I'm special.
0: Right, so, let's go into the little origin story. So, Alexander Pishushkin, sorry, sorry. by said his last name incorrectly. But, we're gonna call him Sasha, because that's like his nickname. How are you supposed to say his nickname in Russian? So, we're gonna call him Uh Sasha. Right. Okay. So, he was born on April 9th, 1974 in Moscow, and he grew up in like a lower to middle class, but mostly like lower class family. And early on in his life, his father walked out on his life. So you can already imagine that he lacked a father figure, of course, and his mother though she was left alone with uh Sasha, she still took good care of him. Mm-hmm. Other people have reported mm. that she was like a really loving mother and she wanted the best for him. Yeah. So it was like just er- there was no signs of abuse whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I mean, the father left, but like, you know, none, he it's still not worked with it. He
0: okay. with it, and uh, you know he didn't you know was born or had some some psychological like life event that kind of proves that he's some socio or a psychopath, like no, he had empathy towards like um a lot of like different stuff, like uh, a neighbor like once said like when he was ten years old, they spotted him like on his porch crying over like his dead cat. So he yeah. you know you don't know, like sociopaths. He's a normal psychopaths, kid. Like, psychopaths are just like, I feel no remorse towards a dead animal, right? Yeah. But he was still a normal kid. He mm-hmm. was perfectly fine. And a lot of people always said like Sasha was a very like sociable child and like just kinda happy, kinda just normal. And it kinda changed when he suffered a head injury when he was four. I believe he was on a swing. And I think he fell back and hit his head on the pole. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, What, 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 What more after his uh, head injury?
0: Yeah, so he was four. So you can already imagine that it was going to be really bad. Mm. And he damaged his frontal lobe. And it was like a cause to his like... It was like a shift in his behavior. So he became just like normal kind of vibing to more hostile and aggressive and violent towards people which is not a yeah. surprise you just damage the brain
1: mm. and like the parts of the emotions or like the fully logical thinking goes like you know kind of wiry obviously and not, like any, uh, uh, any serial killer mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, like all of them are kind of stupid in some way right Okay, but it was not his fault. He was just swinging. Well, yeah, but he is physically stupid because of the damage that happened to his brain, though. So, like,
0: okay, technically, okay, maybe it was his fault because like, he could have just learned to suppress whatever happened.
1: Well, I think because tech, this counts as a disability, right? Right. You know, if someone is physically injured, they can't just be like, "Oh, it doesn't hurt." When you know, like, they broke their arm. And, like, it's bleeding out, you know? Right. It's not, like, something he could help, especially because he didn't even have the conscious... He didn't have, like, the capacity to consciously compute what was wrong with him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the damage was done. Parts of his thinking is gone. So, you know, what's left of it isn't really gonna cut it.
0: Right. Which is why
1: he's a serial killer. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. But we're going to see like more how his hostile behavior kind of like bloom into something more deeper th- other than him just being aggressive. Because right. obviously it has to go somewhere if he's a serial killer.
1: Yeah. Otherwise his- he wouldn't be in here.
0: Who wouldn't? Why We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Yeah,
1: We literally would
0: not. We would have been talking about some other serial killer, not him. Yeah.
1: He's special little special.
0: But. His mother. Noticing. Like. Obviously noticing. How bad this could be. And she's really concerned for him. As any loving mother should. She wanted the best. For. Her son. And decided to. Take him out of. Mainstream school. Uh, She wanted to put him in. Like an institute. To. uh, Like. Or a school. With those. With disabilities. So like. It can improve. And whatnot. Yeah. And it did kind of help, but it was starting to become more of a struggle, like, the longer he stayed there, because, you know, he was constantly being harassed and bullied by, like, other kids. I think maybe some from his school, but, like, there were also kids outside who were just there. And I hate saying the word, but I'm saying this as, like, to describe what they said, and they called him, quote, that retard, end quote.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, you know, as so. children do.
0: So, you know, obviously, he's just really angry, so it has just led up to him being more violent towards them. All right. But his grandfather, despite, you know, him going to an institute to improve his disability, uh, he starts noticing that the school only taught him to improve it. That's it. Rather than actually teaching him to, like, reach academic accomplishments or goals. Right. So mm-hmm. not to mention like he does nothing after school, like he doesn't participate in sports as he does he doesn't do any like science projects, he's not engaged in books what-, what whatever, yeah, so then he decided, hey, um, he has no father, he basically does nothing, so why don't I go consult my daughter a k a sasha's um s- Sasha's mother, my daughter, Mm -hmm. yeah, sorry, kind of mixed them up and offered to take him in. So she's, there's like some sort of like kind of conflict, but she agreed, like, hey, maybe it's for the best. So she decided to give Sasha over to her dad. Mm -hmm. So he took him in to raise him, and his grandfather obviously. Was like the easiest and the closest option to being a father figure in his life, and Sasha yeah. was taught how to play chess. Um, he experimented with uh, alcohols, especially vodka, and grew up quote as a man end quote.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he just you know like just like hey you need like you need like a man in your life you know like I'm gonna teach you how to be a man.
1: Yeah, you know like any grandfather or man who follows the stereotypical gender norms does.
0: Obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, go on.
0: But um as I mentioned before, his grandfather um wanted him to be more engaged in other activities. So it just like the classic, I'm gonna teach you chess. Sure. Really cool actually. Like I I just I just feel like there's just something with, like, Russian grandfathers or, like, fathers in chess and teaching it to their grandchildren. It's just something about that. Like, so he tries to get Sasha involved with chess. And quickly, he just developed a passion for it. And he often played matches with his father by himself when he's in his room alone or at the Bitsa park. Uh, the bits of park where like I mean, older men so
1: he like the kid thought of his father playing chess against him or with his what
0: have you ever watched the queen's gambit before no but you know what it is no what are you serious yeah basically it's just like a show about chess like you don't have to know chess to know about the show like I okay. watching a series and it's really good but basically like in that show like the main character um to practice by herself and like practice like her her strategies or methods. Mm-hmm. She plays against herself. So she plays as herself and the opponent too. So she's trying to build oh. herself as well. I see. Yeah, so that's what he does. Whenever his grandfather's not available.
1: Oh okay okay. Yeah.
0: But and he would also play in the bits of park with older men who and drink vodka with them and whatnot. You know, just bonding time with the boys.
1: The boys, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and um, it kind of becomes some sort of like obsession or just a really passionate thing, just like how the main character in The Queen's Gambit had developed when she was a child as well. Just like, like, whatever.
1: You know, like just trying to prove and like, well, not really trying, but just being passionate about getting better at something and stuff. Yeah, and it was kind
0: of like a distraction from his problems and what he had to deal with, like with the kids and whatnot. Yeah, and actually, he starts to like improve in his mental health and like whatever, until so mm-hmm. it just all spiraled down when his grandfather passed away.
1: Where's his mom?
0: Oh, his mom was just not available when his- when he was living with his grandfather. She was just living by herself. So she just gave. She just. She was living by herself. Okay. But, like, after Sasha's grandfather died, he dropped down to, like, a huge, deeper spiral of depression. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, he's introduced to alcohol, he started to get involved with alcoholism. You know.
1: But, like, did he not move in with the mom? No, he did. He did. Okay, okay. So after okay. his
0: grandfather passed on, he just he no there's nowhere else to go. So obviously he has to move back with his mother,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever. And uh, when he moved back, a dog was like left by his grandfather, and Sasha took up the chance to raise the dog as his own dog, and it was like the Aww. last thing he could do to grasp onto his grandfather. I read that, and I thought it was really sweet.
1: Like I yeah, had empathy but you're for his also- the poor kid honestly i i pity him more than anything cause especially this was way not his fault you know yeah like, it wasn't his fault he was
0: just trying to live life
1: yeah. trying to and continue his childhood was pretty decent too so yeah
0: just like as any kid they would get bullied for yeah something. and somehow
1: he still got the most kills um i would like to hear about that that's
0: that's a little terrifying but <laughs> So, as he spiraled deeper down into depression, he started developing a more sinister side hobby with children. Now, just hearing that alone, Mm -hmm. it's kind of...
1: Yeah, yeah, oh. But,
0: uh, he would, like, whatever he, okay, let me just clarify that whatever he did with the children was nothing sexual. Nothing sexual there's like no sexual like intent in this case. I don't think he feels much for people. Like he doesn't have much of a romantic attraction for anyone.
1: Yeah.
0: Or at least what I've researched. Even
1: for himself. He was just
0: doing whatever.
1: No, he was just built different. Yeah. So what did he do with the kids? So
0: uh, he would just, like, kind of harass them and ask them weird stuff and do whatever. But there was, like, this one occasion, um, he filmed it. He would take, like, a video camera along with him and, like, tell children, like, these malicious threats. And, like, one time, he held a child, like, over the balcony, upside down, by one leg. So you can already imagine, you're dangling a child over a railing,
1: By, like, the foot.
0: And he said to the camera, and I quote, you are in my power now. I am going to drop you from the window, and you will fall 10 stories to your death. Oh. Nothing that... happened after that. He would let the child down, and they would run off screaming, whatever. But uh... he recorded that, and he saved it. And these videos that he would record, he would reaffirm his author. Ugh, sorry. He would reaffirm his authority and power by watching those videos again and again and again with him saying those kind of stuff.
1: And until one point where, you know, like, it was like he didn't feel the same anymore that he needed to do more. Is that?
0: Yeah, he just feels like just saying you are in my power now doesn't seem to fulfill his satisfaction to what he actually needs to relieve this quote-unquote pain Mm. so he just acts further upon it his first murder in 1998 was actually a little bit after his 18th birthday so you can already imagine hey when i turn 18 i want a car or Mm -hmm. i want to be able to smoke or
1: i want to drink
0: in England or I am a I'm officially a young adult. I'm officially legal, right? Yeah. He kind of treated his first murder like that's a little bit after his 18th birthday as his own personal birthday gift.
1: Yeah, of course, because unwrapping someone's life is the perfect gift for yourself. Absolutely. Treat yourself, guys. Just for yourself. <laughs> I can't imagine that. When it turns seventeen, I'm gonna stab someone. No. He dangled children, but like how did he like, you know, kill people?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned, his first murder case occur- his first murder occurred in nineteen ninety two, a little bit after his eighteenth birthday. And he also once said the first murder like I quote, the first murder, it's like first love. It's unforgettable. So imagine that. He compared of first murder to first love. All right. He just
1: because that's, that that's he just built different, dude.
0: He has no sense of any romance cue in his life or any romantic attraction that he had to compare murder to first love.
1: That's a lot. That's saying something. That's a Man's- lot to say. Yeah, His head do be different. Anyways, you wouldn't imagine that
0: his first murder would be someone that he's already familiar with. And that is his schoolmate. And I do not know how to pronounce his surname again. Michael Mm -hmm. Odichuk? Odichuk? You tried. Michael. I'll call him Michael. Because that's his name. Uh, he was a schoolmate of Sasha's school. And Sasha admitted that, he, that murdering him during his confession later on wasn't actually intentional. He actually wanted Michael to join him on the murder expedition. And Michael thought he was you know, joking. Like best
1: friends. Best friends. Best classmates. <laughs> yeah, come murder with me, dude. It'll be great.
0: But Michael thought he was joking.
1: It's like, it's it's like, like any classmate would, though.
0: It's like, it's like, um, you know, you go up to a friend and you're just like, oh my God, I really hate this person. And you just agree with your friend and you're like, dude, yeah, like, I'm just waiting for something to happen to them. You know, it's like that yeah. kind of deal. Michael thought it was just a joke, but it was like some certain events that he and Michael would be hanging out like, at the Bitsa park. And Mm -hmm. um, Sasha would just point out, like, random people as their quote-unquote victims and theorize what they're going to do to them. But Michael just thought it was all a joke.
1: Oh. Oh, dear. So, we
0: are going to stab him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Funny. Wow, your humor is so But he didn't think much of it.
0: But whatever happened next was a little uncertain. It was speculated by some people that like Michael got into a disagreement with Sasha, and then in the midst of their like climax or tension in that argument, Sasha just decided on the spot to kill him, uh, using his pent up anger and aggression and whatnot.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You can sorry, going terrible. Uh, It was described that Michael died with at least, at least, 21 blows to the skull. And Sasha was let off of the hook when questioned by the police after they found Michael's body because there was a lack of solid evidence. Right. So first murder, like, oh, I killed my friend. But it's okay, I was let off the hook. So it he just his breathed first easy. Love. His first love. I yeah. guess he just—I don't know—he just resonated on the fact that he murdered someone because, like, we're
1: just—we're just retelling his love story.
0: Oh my god! No, no. <laughs> my first
1: <personal> love story. No,
0: <laughs> please no.
1: <laughs> Go on. But, you know, so he killed—he killed his classmate. He killed his classmate. I think, I think throughout, um, his like Sasha's sort of childhood in life itself is the feeling of being powerless and you right. know his whole god complex thing right mm-hmm. so you know he's felt powerless over you know losing his grandpa not having a dad losing his consciousness and like having head trauma mm-hmm. so he I think that reflected in what he wanted later on in life like you know how he dangled children off of rooftops um and he killed his friend mid-argument probably because you know like he's right he's the one who you know gets to call the shots he's in charge and this is a testament to his power therefore snaps up snap, you know yeah it's, it says it says a bit about his character already
0: yeah obviously and like during those like nine years like he just kind of resonated or like just kept down just kind of chill but yeah he's it just started spiking up his killing spree started spiking up into te- uh, in 2001 and uh people like the russian media these mm-hmm. they just claimed or they speculated that like sasha may have been motivated by like an idol or a competition by another russian serial killer um again i do not know how to pronounce i can't pronounce russian names andrey chikatilo i Ch- chik Hello. It's it's okay, honey. It's fine. He was convicted in he was convicted in 1992 of killing 53 children and young women over a 12 year period.
1: Oh, well, this is nine years already. So,
0: so you can already imagine, um, like seeing Andre, like this other serial killer, mm-hmm. at his competition. He just like, oh, I'm gonna surpass 53 people. You know.
1: Has to beat him.
0: Have to beat him. It's kinda crazy. But... Oh, is that
1: why he was like, Oh, add eleven to my kill count so I can beat this boy?
0: Actually, I don't think that's the case. I think the oh, reason maybe. was unknown. But I would like mm-hmm. to assume that was Well, you know, of
1: that. he's still alive, you know, why don't we just
0: You know, why out? Add? add a couple
1: years? <laughs> you know, I mean Look at us. We we have resources. We can just uh, you know, give a quick phone call. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude, why'd you why'd you add more kills? I like, am not calling someone from Russia.
0: <laughs> please, no. Sarcasm was heavy there. <laughs> <sighs> I don't want to call someone from a Russian prison. Keep, please keep going, Celine. Continuing on, Sasha actually claimed. He wanted to kill sixty-four people exactly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and he. But he said that even if he reached his goal, he still would have continued killing. And right. the reason why he wanted to kill sixty-four people is because there are sixty-four squares on a chessboard. So he. So wanted... he wanted
1: them to be like his pawns and whatever. Exactly.
0: He wanted to complete the whole set and have whole control over the entire situation. Right. He literally played people's lives as pawns in his chessboard, which is his reality. And yet he still couldn't
1: fill out the whole thing. He still couldn't. A shame. A shame.
0: But his killing style was very Inconsistent, if you can say that. Like, mm-hmm. some he stabbed, others he smashed skulls, others he drowned, some he strangled or whatnot, and he even shot someone in the head with a pen gun. Um,
1: a head gun, a pen
0: gun, pen. Oh,
1: a pe- oh. oh, oh, how do you do that? It's like,
0: um.
1: I it's
0: actually don't gun, know what a pen gun is. Pen? I think it's literally just a pen and the bullet... You know, a gun and the bullet is literally just a pen. Oh. And, like, when you trigger it, it's it oh, that's, like... Oh,
1: that's, that's funk. Oh, I never have heard of that. that. That's weird. Yeah, but the
0: thing is, like, I think... I think he wanted to kill more people with this pen gun but after he shot someone and killed someone else he just stopped because he claimed that um the result of the blow was kind of disappointing
1: yeah since it's just a straight pen yeah. and they're gone
0: exactly so he's just like oh you know this is not really fulfilling my satisfaction for her blood. Yeah. Therefore I'm just gonna stop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so how pitching- did you get caught then? I'm sorry?
1: How did he get caught? We
0: are gonna get to that real quick, but um Let's describe his victims. Oh yeah, his fun. victims. So he killed, like, a pretty fair amount of women, too. But mm-hmm. most of his victims were elder, older men. And most of mm-hmm. these men were the people he played chess with in the Bitsa
1: park. Lovely.
0: And I think some of them were homeless, too. So they would just be hanging out in the park playing playing chess. Yeah. So he just targeted a weaker audience, if you can mm-hmm. say that. Like, like physically that was- weaker.
1: Yeah, and, like, harder to be really, like, tracked in a way. Yeah,
0: because they have nowhere else to go. Where would they go? Home?
1: They don't have a home.
0: Exactly. You they don't have anyone no else to call. So.
1: Yeah. So they're
0: gone. So he would just come up to them. He would offer to play chess with them. He would offer the men to drink vodka or, like, smoke cigarettes with them. And he would convince them that they would be smoking and drinking at the grave of his dog, which would just be a secluded park. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. the grave of his dog. He's, it's like the whole. Sorry. It's like the whole manipulation method with Gary Ridgway.
1: Yeah, you know, giving something personal for them to hold on to, especially because since they played with his grandpa too and it's his grandpa's dog, so. Right, so it he makes just sense. used
0: his dog to yeah. empathize. Whatever. And at some point during your little picnic of drinking vodka or smoking cigarettes, he would approach behind that special person and strike them. And some people mm-hmm. think he used a pipe, but obviously at a park, that wouldn't be very... It's kind of
1: hard to get away with. It's not
0: very sufficient. Right.
1: Unless you're like a repairman, and you just like, you know, have a few pipes like hang- dangling around, but still.
0: He used a hammer, like something portable. He used the hammer. And, um, it just became his signature weapon because he just, a little trademark, just- It
1: was efficient and it hit hard and hurt. Yeah,
0: basically. It hurts, kills them. And after killing the men, he would crack the skull open with, you know, the hammer. mm mm-hmm. uh, It would be open enough to expose the brain, Right. And right. shove a bottle of vodka into the gaping wound.
1: So- that's a lot of money spent just to kill someone. Unless it's really cheap. Well, yeah, but like, alcohol- well, keep keep in oh, mind I that just... this was like in like, like kind 90s. of a time
0: when um the government wasn't really fully in control. I believe. Okay. So
1: it's just cheaper. alcohol is so much cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: I would have assumed that alcohol was kind of cheap
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you can get. I mean, well, maybe not, because, like... Uh, their because, economy... Is because different Sasha did say it was free vodka, so you would have assumed that it's pretty expensive i they're taken.
1: Actually, yeah, I have not. You know, that, that's something we can... The
0: economy with. and Russian politics is not my conversation. I'm sorry.
1: This is not the conversation. We're talking about Christianity and the writer. <laughs> Let's keep going.
0: <laughs> but continue on. He shove a bottle of vodka into the gaping wound. It's just his signature, like it's a little trademark, his little special thing, as some serial killers had. Um, and he would actually like attack his victims from behind, and, you know, take the victim by surprise, and avoid spilling blood on his clothes. I think I, I guess he's a little considerate on his clothes. I guess
1: he loves to have a clean up.
0: Yeah, just it would be a little
1: neat. You know, yeah, you know, gotta take care of yourself, put the lotion on your hands, you know, holding that hammer is hard work,
0: you know, just tough skin, gotta wash your hands why Yeah. Not?
1: gotta keep some baby hands, you know, remove all the calluses, <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know this kind of method with killing like his popular audience happened later in his killing spree earlier on he was more cautious about hiding the bodies because when he killed the bodies and he shoved the vodka into the heads and whatnot it was more exposed out to the public but earlier on in his killing spree it was more of him being more cautious and whatnot he's just trying to pick his options and he uh would shove the bodies like conveniently close to like a sewage pipe entrance and the victims like dead or alive uh, were often dumped and they would fall like several feet down into the cold water to hide the body or finish them off and um, it would they would drown. Yeah. Drown and bleed. So and even if they try to escape they can't because the lids are too heavy to lift. Mm-hmm. So, even if they did survive, they would die anyways from malnourishment and bleeding out. Yeah. And Sasha claimed that while he was killing these people, like, in the confession, he claimed that, like, while killing these people, he felt like God. He felt like he was control of everybody's judgment of life or death.
1: Because that's just as complex, you that's know? That's as complex.
0: He said, and I quote, in all cases, I kill for one reason: I killed in order to live because when you kill, you want to live for me, life without murder is like a life without food for you. I felt like the father of all these people, since it was I who hoped who, it was I who opened a door for them to another world End quote. Hmm. so later on in life, he just became more attached." To the idea of murder. And yeah. you know you know how I said that he would watch that video of like, him dangling that child off the balcony. And he wanted to watch it to reaffirm his authority.
1: And being a total like, sociopath and whatnot. Yeah. And then
0: I said that he later on wanted to act further upon it. This was it. Yeah. Taking people and deciding whether or not they should live or die. Often they would die. And saying I have full control of how these people are going to live, how these people are going to die, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's just convinced that he's so almighty, all powerful.
1: Yeah, and because you know he's done so much and so many lives. It kind of goes to his head,
0: right? And he continued murdering, but at you know I said at a certain point he stopped putting it. The effort to dumping the bodies, you know, in the sewers, um, because he lacked attention, um, from the media or like public, like sensitation. Like, no one really cares if they Mm -hmm. don't see the bodies themselves. If you, if you just go to the park and you see a dead man right beside you, you are going to freak out. Yeah. If you just heard there's a murder, like, 25 mile miles radius at a sewer. Just like, yeah. okay. And?
1: Actually, I'll be like, tiny bit cautious. But like, yeah. It and I'll me, call so. the
0: police, but
1: it's just a with different probably. reaction when
0: you see one so close to you.
1: Yeah, and it's also like, kind of gruesome with the whole like, camera thing. The right bottle of vodka in their brain.
0: Right, and the fact that he's not cautious about it, like, he just leaves the bodies out in the open for anyone to see so obviously it would gain a lot more attention that's how he got more attention and that's how he became a little like pretty popular on the russian media Mm -hmm. and his last victim he killed was 2005 six it was uh hold on sorry i gotta check my little n- document of notes to yeah spring 2006 i was right and his last victim was kind of the downfall of his whole journey of becoming god as you can say mm-hmm. uh it was marina a work colleague but it was not his first work colleague that he killed there we were plenty others, but Marina was just like I think she was the only female word colleague.
1: Happened to be like one of them.
0: Um, got to be one. Sorry, it just got to be the finishing move on women.
1: Yeah, you know, even sixty-four because you're not special.
0: <laughs> her body was found, and while the police were searching her body, they found this key to this case, and in her pocket was a metro ticket. And in the surveillance footage where the metro was, it showed her walking with Sasha. She also left a note for her son saying who she was with and wrote down uh, his number in case of emergency.
1: But... She was that cautious? I'm sorry? She was that cautious of of Sasha that she wrote it down in her pocket. No, she
0: said if anything, like, happens to me or if you need me and, but I'm not there, you can call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tried calling him and he tried calling her, the son. Okay. Her phone wasn't working and he wasn't answering. So knowing this like her son was calling, her- Sasha took the chance and just killed her. And just mm-hmm. left her out there. Quote, as we were heading to the park and talking, I kept thinking whether or not to kill her and or to exercise caution. But I finally decided to take the risk. I was in that mood already. End quote. Hmm. So he confessed to the murder of Marina and the other 60 to 63 victims after he was questioned by the police about this. He was like, you know what? I'm just tired. I'm going to do it. And in search for his belongings, like in his house, interesting fact, a chessboard was found, and there were, like on each little like square, numbers stuck to the squares with like dates and supposedly the names of the victims, thus earning him the title as the chessboard killer hey. but yeah, on June fifteenth two thousand six, he was arrested, and um he was convicted on. October, and the judge sentenced him to life in prison with the first 15 years in solitary confinement. So, currently, he is still in prison. I believe he's still in solitary confinement, but he's very mm-hmm. close to just transferring to prison. I also believe that, in for, um, I don't know what you do in solitary confinement actually.
1: You do nothing. Or it's 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 just... Like, do they just put you in a room? Yeah. Wait,
0: because okay, what I read you know, was more trying to embarrass him. Like, I was thinking, oh yeah, solitary confinement probably means, like, they're putting him in a room. But in this case, they put him in a glass cage. And they tied him up in oh. there. Yeah, so anyone can com- come by and see him. And he would probably feel shame, probably and he'd be tied up, so he can't do anything about it, and he that's can't a really little, break through.
1: That, that's a bit inhumane.
0: Yeah. I, I don't. don't
1: think we should do that.
0: Yeah, so even if, like, you know, he was a bad person, you should still just...
1: Yeah, Prison person isn't meant to planet. be torture, it's meant to be a place where you can learn from your lessons and get better, right?
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. It's but, yeah. punishment, but it's not, you know, supposed to hurt you even further.
0: hmm I yeah. believe prison should be seen more as a rehab.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do than so than
0: peer punishment.
1: Yeah. You know, what's gonna happen? Like they're not gonna get any better, they're not gonna they probably will get worse if they're not given the right conditions. Right. Treat your prisoners right. Even mm-hmm. though they're still there, serial killers they're still human they still have their rights you can still uh, have article 5 the right of no torture degrading or inhuman treatment I yeah. think yeah mm-hmm. and let it apply but how does Christianity rope into this Ooh. don't we have think-
0: some things to discuss
1: I feel like God complexes relate to Christianity. Yeah, God
0: complex, just right off the bat, we can just talk about um, his God complex. First of all, no. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, it's literal greed, right? Yeah. You can't compare
0: yourself to God, first of all.
1: (laughs) You will never be God. You are literally a human. You hit your skull. You hit your brain, like... Where's the potential to be God? I don't see it.
0: You just physically can't be God. Yeah. You can't have the mentality of God as well. You can treat
1: yourself like God, but that does not involve murder.
0: I think it's kind of interesting at the fact that people Mm. some people believe they're like the humanized version of God, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they're just they're not God. But they feel like God because they're aware that they can choose life or death and have authority over all people. And that's what yeah, they like, feel like.
1: But that's having not what a... having authority doesn't mean you're God. It's quite literally
0: Chris like some people, um, like Sasha, saying that he is acting as the image of God. Yeah. But he's trying to take it literally
1: yeah by being able to control and manipulate other people's stuff and giving him power Mm
0: -hmm. and i i I believe that like not a lot of people have that kind of situation where they have a god complex and you know they feel like god like that barely happens but i believe that a lot of people these days or like just T- in time in general, history in general they just believe that having authority means everything
1: yeah, and humans are very prideful creatures, right the right. more humans you have the more power you have, right. the more elite you are right? mm-hmm. and you know, you see that in the way people would conquer, how they would treat others you know, there was never really agreement it was just straight out who is stronger the strongest wins
0: yeah, it's all about, you know, survival of the fittest. If you're strong, yeah. you're strong. If you're weak, you're yeah. weak.
1: Yeah. And I think, partially, uh, you know, he targeted only older men and things. Just because th- he knew that they were already weaker. He just wanted to get that little bit of satisfaction when yeah. they know they're dead.
0: He wants to act upon his his, like, desires. Yeah.
1: You know, he was shallow enough to not really care if they were like strong opponents. He was more like, "I want to kill to kill," and that was what right. he did.
0: And he wasn't trying to spread any good message either. It was all for his own benefit.
1: Yeah, which is selfish, and is that's completely
0: is- opposite of what any person, let alone a Christian, should do. Yeah, it's all it's- about selflessness. It's all about sacrificing yourself for higher authority, and that's God Himself. It's not yeah. for your own benefits. The only benefits you would have is that you know that it's all for Christ. And yeah. I believe that's what uh, some Christians, especially those who try to enforce the religion on everybody else, kinda think. How you know yeah. they feel like they just just because they have enough authority to spread about the word of God doesn't mean you enforce it on everybody itself. It's all about yeah, power never, to them, no matter what.
1: You, yeah, there's no forcing things on anyone right never the, yeah you can only really encourage them and you can educate and you can be respectful mm-hmm. because it's their right to you know be an individual and whoever they choose to be and they are allowed to value their own faith and their own beliefs right right uh and i think uh you know uh a lot of entitlement comes with being part of a community and believing in something
0: Mhm.
1: Um and so you know, uh Sky he believed that he had more power over someone and there was no one to keep him in line and no one to make sure that he didn't go down that path so naturally only sort of built up because he felt so entitled um since there's there's no stopping point it was really only just him. Right.
0: It's all just him.
1: Yeah. Being respectful is important. I don't think people realize that.
0: It's kind of difficult these days for someone to just stop and listen.
1: Right, you everyone can't do that. You know, no mm-hmm. matter how much you try, there is somewhere you will mess up. There is some boundary that you can kind of cross, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's also super important to communicate. You know, when those boundaries are crossed, when something goes wrong. And you know, what you can do from it, uh and what's the outcome from there. Yeah. That's super important.
0: Totally agree. Hundred yeah. percent agree.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh boy. That was a good talk. That was <laughs> a good talk. It was kinda longer running. than last episode, I think. Yeah. So, so. uh Russian man goes to mode. Russian man. Um he liked chess.
0: He killed a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and, and he. He's called the chessboard killer. Yeah, and he also wanted, you know, to make up for powerlessness based off of the loss he felt as a child and the emphasis on it that he felt because of, like, you know, his whole uh head trauma and whatnot and how it, like, increased the way he felt and exaggerated other emotions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For coming mm-hmm. onto this podcast with me mm-hmm. and finishing up this mini series, I like, appreciate yeah. it. I love appreciate, it. Yeah, thank it, you it for was coming to this episode. Oh my god, yes, we should totally do something like this another time.
1: Another time, maybe another time. maybe when finals aren't around the corner. <laughs> yeah, and
0: just for fun, and just talking about like random stuff instead of just talking just about murder, because yeah. I feel like some I...
1: people may genuinely be concerned for our sanity. Yeah, this is, like, one of the few times I get to flex my uh, participant, like, participant student mode, you know? But <laughs> so Yeah, thank you.
0: I totally yeah. appreciate you coming for this podcast.
1: Thank you so, mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, thank you for leading this, you know? It's really yeah. great. So, this is the end of our mini
0: podcast, True Crime Series, Crimes Under the Name of Christ where we discuss true crime and compare it to how Christians are supposed to act. Uh thank you for listening in if you decide to listen to all three episodes. And maybe if we come up with another idea for a podcast we will we'll let do it some again. Know.
1: Oh. Did 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 I, did I take your
0: No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're all fine. right. And I'll add, I'll add Julia to my next podcast if I ever decide to make another one.
1: Yeah, give give, give me the promo. Ah.
0: Sorry, but you're not getting paid. Aww. Ah. But, yeah. I'm going to say bye now. So, bye. Bye.